This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. Good evening. You are listening to Love Sport. I am Matt Beadle and this is the Arsenal Fan Show with the guy, soon to be the guys of Gunnertown, <laughs> because with me right now is Chris Howard. Unfortunately, our second leg, Mr. Charlie East. Mr. Positive. Mr. Positive. I'd like to see Mr. Positive when he gets here, because <laughs> I'm going to be the yin to his yang. Well, the irony of Mr. Positive steaming in here like a steam train is that he is stuck on a train right now. <laughs> We're hoping that he will arrive shortly, bring some positivity in the studio. I'm, of course, positive, Chris. However, I do feel that there is going to be some angst in this show. There are going to be a few rants. There's going to be a few screens, maybe a few cracked TV screens, a few smashed windows, because you, my friend, you are not at all happy. A two-goal lead yesterday at Carrow Road, at Vicarage Road, sorry, was thrown away uh, it, in that second half it probably would have been better if Arsenal were at Carroll Road because <laughs> then at least like not, at least uh, Watford wouldn't have been able to kick off it was shambolic uh, is the only way to describe that second half and I don't think many people could disagree with me on that but I think the thing that really is has got me today is the setup from start to finish it was wrong from before we'd even kicked off because that starting 11 just didn't work for me so in the morning i actually wrote a a blog and in it i said what we need to do with that midfield is we need to find somebody that's going to cover space um if i was to try and find some kind of a mitigating circumstances for the reason why emery selected a uh, a diamond with uh, four at the back and then a diamond with uh, with obami out front perhaps it's that Watford this season have played quite narrow and so perhaps he thought well they've played quite narrow they've played in a certain style um, you know under Gracia and then Kike Sanchez Flores probably not going to change it too much but if, if that was what he was thinking he got that completely wrong but I think what frustrates me more than anything else is he didn't address it so we went with a very narrow formation we're playing Ceballos, Ozil, you know, Xhaka, Genduzi, that's four players that all like to, to be drift centrally. You've got Aubameyang out top and then we've got Pepe, who is a, a natural wide player. And it just didn't work. And as I said, in the morning, I wrote a piece saying, we need to sort out the midfield because you've got Genduzi, who's good going forward. But And even on the show last week, I questioned, Genduzi's good going to forward, but what about tracking? What about going backwards in the other direction? You know, is he good enough going backwards in the other direction at the moment? I think what we saw yesterday was possibly not. Perhaps he's, you know, he's a young player. Perhaps he'll grow into that. That's fine. Xhaka, the same question. You know, he's he's good with it. All of the play out in front of him. You know, I like Granite Xhaka as a footballer. All of the play out in front of him, fine. But as soon as he's got his back to, as soon as he's running towards his own goals, we've got goal, we've got problems. And then you have got Sabayas, who was then required to do the role of a, you know, an, an all-conquering, all-running. Uh, a, creative eight but then also you know tracking back as well and it just didn't work and Watford found pockets of space and yeah it, it was just wrong from the, the the midfield setup was just wrong how frustrating 
I didn't even pause for air there, did I? No, mate, I tell you what, that's why I'm expecting. It's going to be quite an easy show for me tonight because I think you <laughs> and when Charlie arrives, it's just going just gonna to crack on. I'm going to read out some stats because we do oh, love God. a stat on this show and I'm going to do it because I want to I poke the bear. Yeah. I, want, I want to see some fire. You don't need to worry about that. Um, and I'm sure you know all of these already, but you talk about that second half, of course, possession dropping from 57% in the first half to 37% after the break. 20 away Premier League defeats in just over two seasons for Arsenal. Since the start of last season, we know 14 errors. That's the one that's gone everywhere. Again, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think those errors are subjective. I don't think that's accurate. However, the wider stats say 14 errors. That's two more at least than any other club in that time. And also since the start of last season, Chris, no side has conceded more goals via penalties in the Premier League than Arsenal. On top of that, David Luiz only conceded two penalties, I believe, since 2010 for Chelsea. However, it's now, what, two in his four games for Arsenal? Two in three. Two in three games for (laughs) Arsenal. Crikey, it is not looking good. Someone who has just arrived in the studio, like a steam train, like I said, is Charlie East. Good evening. Normally, oh, Mr. Positive, you pick the bones out of that one, I, mate. Crikey, here we go. Right. Do you know what? I reckon I could just walk out of this studio and just let you guys <laughs> rant on we'll it. Actually, probably have to, well, no, I'd have to keep pressing the dump button. Can't do that. We'd have to keep bleeping it. Um, Charlie, how are you? Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm very well. Um, sorry for being late. Not a problem. Train f- uh, signal failures on the way up here. Hey, it's it's compounding the misery for you for the bad for you this of days. week. It has been a bad new couple of days. Though, I like this. Oh yeah, no, we're so, all expenses paid. For those listening, of course, you can't it's see Kiev. right now. Sorry, I, well, kind of. Yeah, I think it's American R esque. Oh. It is very nice, isn't it? I was just reading out some stats as you walked in, of course. You missed some of them, but I think the key one here to to go on or lead off what Chris was talking about, possession dropping 57% in the first half to 37% after the break. And this is, I've got a couple of stats as well, and this is the when Arsenal come to town stats. So Watford, uh, two goals all season. When Arsenal come to town, let's uh, let's give them another two goals, shall we? New manager. Uh, when uh, you know Watford, uh, you know, one one point all season. When Arsenal come to town, yeah, let's give them a point. Why, why don't we? Come on, Charlie, help me out here, mate. This is it's um, horrendous. West Ham United utterly mugged off Watford on their own ground, and then Arsenal come to town, and we made Watford look like peak Barcelona. It was like Harlem Globetrotters that we were playing, and it was farcical in that second half. And you were at the game, Charlie, so you must have been raging. I was very angry. Um, I, I really like Emery, and I do, and I, I back him. I think you need to give him the chance. Three years he's got, but he made a massive mistake yesterday. I'm not saying it's down to Multiple him. Multiple mistakes. I'm not saying it's down to him, the result, because at 2 new up, cruising, we're playing out from the back, which we're, I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. We will get on to that okay. later, yes. But... He's made. We've made that initial mistake, which is not Emery's fault. It was a player's fault. Okay, so the player, so it's going to happen. And in the first half, I even said to the people, my dad and my mates are sitting next to, I said, I guarantee you, sooner or later, Socrates is going to make a rick because he's not comfortable with that with the ball his feet like that. Okay, no, but hold it happened. We give Watford the goal, and rather than us thinking, hold on a second, we give Watford the goal. They're not really, before that, it wasn't causing us really much damage. We just. Panicked. 
Was that Dale's hand? And he made the, the sub of Ceballos and brought on. Who did he bring on first? Willock. Yeah, well, Willock. Um, in, in terms of the subs, yeah, Ceballos was replaced by Joe Willock after 60 minutes. Guendouzi was Lucas Torreira on 67 minutes. A few minutes after that, Ozil was replaced by Reese Nelson. This all happened as Watford basically gained the momentum oh, and took control of the game. The, the atmosphere just lifted in that ground mm. as well. You, as soon as they got the goal, you could feel. I thought, oh no. We're in trouble. Yeah, that. but this is the problem. Like we gifted that to them, and it, I think it, I see what you're saying. You know, I I want to believe in Emery as well because I don't want us to turn into a club that goes managerial no. merry-go-round. But he got so many things wrong. The 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 starting eleven I think was wrong because I think we needed somebody that's good going back towards his own goal. Someone like Torreira would have been perfect for that. But actually, also tactically, as I was saying to Matt earlier, he got it wrong because what Watford did is instead of just playing narrow they said I tell you what let's just push De La Feo right out wide and then let's ping balls to him and see what he can do and he had acres of space and up against Ainsley Maitland-Niles who had a torrid game and he was, ter- he was terrible he gave the ball away so many times Ganduzi as well gave the ball away some, so many times under that kind of pressure <clears> and teams are going to look at us now and say I tell you what let's just replicate that because we can high press them and they will uh, we we moaned at Veng, uh, the, in the Wenger years, the latter Wenger years, that he wouldn't change. But there comes a time where you know something isn't working, i.e. the playing out from the back, and you do need to mix it up a bit. You do. That's that's the thing. You need to mix it up a bit. And you need to realise when it's not working. If you do this three or four times, it doesn't work. Have a couple long, and then you do your short one again. Then obviously the team, your opposition, are not ready for it. So then that's when you come up with you. I mean, it's. Do you know what I saw? There's one moment where. Um, Leno puts the ball down and I see Xhaka literally motioning as in like just go long go long you can see his arms waving around he's like this hasn't worked you've got to do something different go long and I think eventually he took the hint and, and did that but that should have happened yeah but what happened was we went earlier. long which I noticed a couple of times the two times we did go long we had set up for the ball at the back they've lumped the ball forward Bamiang went to once to Bamiang, once to Ozil. Both times, the ball's in the air. They've got three Watford players around them. Bamiang and Ozil in the air, not the greatest anyway. Boom, ball was straight under pressure again. They got Total lack of game away. management. We have as well mentioned Matteo Guendouzi, who is quite a popular topic on this show, Charlie. You were not panning him, but a few weeks back you were saying, do you know what, he's not the player. Then you said, oh, I'm going to have to go back on my word because of his performance in the North London derby. And yesterday, again, There you go, what are your it, thoughts now? It, it happened, he, he got caught at the edge of the Twice. Pop. He needs to be... He's a young kid. That's why you can't criticise him too much. He's going to happen. He's going to grow. But it, some of that stuff he'd done, he said, was very schoolboy. And I like the fact he'd come in and protect the Pepe. But then doing that 2-1 thing, that annoyed me. What are you doing? Yeah, what a schoolboy. Why are you that, doing that? Listen, he's a young kid. You are going to learn. That's some, It's almost like a rite of passage. How many times have we seen players do that? We saw Theo Walcott do it against Spurs. Didn't come back to bite him in the yeah. backside, to be fair. Although it kind of did with injury yeah. after that. But he's a young lad. I think that is just something as frustrating, as annoying as it is, I think we can look at that on reflection as very experienced, mature gents that we are, fellas, and go, do you know what? <laughs> he is a, a young guy and he's just going to have to learn that you can't do that. And he will learn now that you can't do that. Well, I'd love to say that, that he will learn, but he's not exactly in the best environment because as a football club, we don't seem to learn. No, and I think, I think it was evident yesterday how important... I, I said before the game, I thought, Lack is it not being there? You get to see a Bami Yang through the middle, probably his best position. And you did see that yesterday. He was through the middle. He scored two goals, which he does all the time. He plays in the middle. He doesn't score that second goal if he's out wide left. He mm. doesn't. Okay, mm. so that's what he gets. But we had no one. The ball did not stick to 
anyone up top. It was woeful, and but but also the the amount of kamikaze passes that were made. It was just mental. Charlie, if you could start it again, if if and do you think Emery would change the formation based on hindsight? Because personally, I would have liked to have said seen uh, a front three of Nelson left, Pepe right. You know, a bit more width. Let's put. Watford under pressure because what happened in my eyes my untrained eyes is because we weren't playing with that level of width it just gave Watford's fullback this license to just push forward and put us under even more pressure I didn't even know what we were playing this day I'll tell you honestly, I don't even know what yeah. the formation was because Pepe wasn't really up front no he was wide right yeah we had no one out left no, so it was it was, it was quite Ozil weird. playing centrally. So it was it was the most lopsided formation and it was too narrow. I, I said just before you got in, it's almost as if Emery thought Watford are going to play narrow so I'm just going to flood the centre of the pitch. And it just yeah. didn't work because as soon as Watford then weren't, that didn't happen, you know, he's got, he's got, this is where Emery has fallen down because he's got to learn from that and change it. Don't be afraid to change it after 20 minutes, 25 yeah. minutes, half an hour. And the fact that last year we had Mr. Halftime Subs who's now not making Halftime Subs when it, Patently needed a half-time sub. It's just baffling to me. Oh, I, I disagree with the half-time sub. We're two new up. Yeah, but we were we playing cruising. shocking. Yeah, we, we were cruising. We, we'd we'd we, we ridden poor. our luck there. We Charlie. were poor, but it was comfortable as it seems. I know it sounds really weird when you're two new up. When it's that, mate, we're Arsenal fans. We're never comfortable oh, I know, at two new up. I know what you mean, but it wasn't. I, I, they had, I can't remember many chances really in the first half. I didn't have that then they made one. I think we could do. We made the mistake. Yeah. But that was our errors again. Okay. Yeah. And I even said so on after. I thought, David Lewis is playing well. He bought the first half playing really well. He was <laughs> So you cursed him. Yeah, no. Um it just one of them typical Arsenal performances. It was, wasn't it? Mm. I think we we've seen it so many times before, and I guarantee you we're gonna see it so many times again. So it's <laughs> <laughs> Basically, just get used I, to it. I, do you know, and and, and 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 the reaction on Twitter does annoy me, but it's understandable. The reaction on Twitter. Okay, we might get on to yeah. that, Charlie. Crikey, an hour is not going to be enough, enough tonight, <laughs> is it, gents? It is not going to be enough, right? This is the Arsenal fan show on Lost. What we're going to be speaking to James Benj, a writer, of course, senior writer of Football London. Next. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. This is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with the guys from Gunnerstown, Charlie East and Chris Howard. If you want to get involved with the ranting that is currently going on in this studio right now, we are reflecting, of course, on that Watford draw yesterday. It's 0208 70 20 558. You can WhatsApp us on that number as well, or you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Before we move on, I'm just going to quickly give some team news. There is, of course, a game going on this evening at Villa Park between Aston Villa and West Ham. Villa's lineup is Heaton, Gilbert, Engels, Mings, Taylor, Grealish, Marvellous Nakamba making his debut for the side. John McGinn, Jota, Wesley and El Ghazi. For West Ham, it's Fabianski, Fredericks, Diop, Ogbonna, Masuaku, Noble, Rice, Yarmolenko, Lanzini, Felipe Anderson and Allaire. Actually, do you know what I like about that? You've got Wesley and Allaire up top. Two <laughs> Big men up top. Yeah, that's old the way, school. That's the way it should be. Old school. Holding the ball up, knocking it down for the little man running through. Should be a good game, that, to be fair. Should be a very good game. We will keep you updated on that game as it goes. But right now, we are, <coughs> of course, talking Arsenal. And we have James Benj, senior football writer at Football.London, on the line. James, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. Thank you for joining us. Now, you were at the game yesterday. Charlie was at the game yesterday. He's fuming. <laughs> what, was, what was your take on Arsenal's performance? 
<laughs> it was really bad. Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the same as me. Um, and I, I kind of think, like, you know, kind of going in a 2 0 up at, at half time was, I mean, it was, all, it, was, it was unfair. Like, Watford were, were furious. And, I mean, I, I still don't quite know whether or not they have a point with the, the first goal on the Ceballos tackle. But, I mean, I think they, quite, they were kind of furious because they, they played Arsenal off the park in the first half and they were even better in the the second half and I mean they were a really good team they played really well but Arsenal were just kind of in every facet of the game other than Aubameyang and and the odd other player they were atrocious they were nowhere near good enough and I mean it's the sort of game that has you questioning the manager has you questioning his tactics and all that rather even some of the individual players James hi it's Chris here how you doing mate you alright hiya um Interesting about Emery, and I want to ask you something because you obviously uh, must have been in the post-match um, presser. Mm. Do you have any idea what he's talking about half the time anymore? Because it, there's a lot of filler words to me, and I don't really know what 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 he made of that. If I'm honest with you, from from reading some of his, his comments. So, what's your sort of take? Um, it's tough. He he is always a bit less lucid after a sort of defeat because I think he, I mean, it doesn't always come across, but I do think he takes it quite personally and he reacts quite emotionally and his English isn't the best at the best of times but when he's kind of disappointed like that he he does take it to heart and that means he doesn't communicate very well but you're right, sometimes it's really difficult to understand points he's trying to get across and you almost have to sort of read in between the lines I mean, so, and he, he makes a rod for his own back. I mean, he, he said that he took Ceballos off because it was too hot. I mean, Ceballos <laughs> is from Andalusia. <laughs> you know, if, if there's anyone that can cope with a, a nice warm day in Watford in September, you'd think it would be him. Um, yeah, he couldn't really explain an awful lot of the uh, the issues that are going on with our Arsenal team. And after a result like that, you kind of need someone to. And it, you then end up with someone like Granit Xhaka coming out and saying, oh, Arsenal are scared. And I put that to him, and the answer I got was literally incomprehensible. I had no idea what he said back to it. Um, hi, James. Charlie here, mate. I looked at a poll you done earlier on uh, about... And it was 66... The question was, for Ars- or one you retweeted, for Arsenal, Unai Emery yeah. is... And it was not good enough, misunderstood, a work in progress or still on track. 66% of people said not good enough. Um, I mean, I was in the way in yesterday. I didn't really hear anyone calling for Emery's head, so to speak. Mm. But do you think a few more results like this, it could be curtains for him pretty soon? Me, personally, I hope not. But I, I just see the reaction last night on social media and I think it's very, very over the top towards Emery. Yeah, it's a really tough one to gauge, isn't it? Because, I mean, you'll know... The Arsenal world on social media and the Arsenal world at games is so different. And the the, the real issue, you know, if we take this back to when Arsene Wenger left, the real issue was was when that social media toxicity started bleeding into the Emirates and people stopped turning up. And I think, you know, at the moment, I mean, the atmosphere, you also, you know, the Emirates is great. It's good. The away yeah. fans for for most of um, most of the uh, the game at Watford were were great fun. Um, obviously, I think by the end they were a bit stressed out, um, but I don't see that really reflected in the in the match day fans. And I don't really think the I think you know kind of you talk to people quite high up in the club and they're really pleased with Emery. Yeah. Um, it's tough. I think I, I think the thing is he he earns himself so little room to manoeuvre because 
it seems to be so focused on results. And let's be honest, sometimes watching Arsenal is dreadfully boring. You know, when they're on top, they're not really very exciting anymore. That's his problem, is that it's not fun. And because of that, you know, the fans aren't as forgiving, uh, particularly on social media, where because you're watching this on TV when maybe you could be playing FIFA or watching another game, you just expect to be entertained. I don't don't think we're very close to a conversation about Emery going, but... I mean, if he doesn't make Champions League this season, I, I, it'll be really tough. Yeah, I think that is being it all. Uh, also, me personally, obviously, I really like Mesut Ozil. And I thought mm. yesterday, he actually quite a good game, personally. He did. I thought he was good. I thought everything we, everything we was good in, I thought we played, I thought he was involved in. Yeah, I still see, same again. People, it, that was one thing I did notice yesterday. When he got taken off, and he was walking off the pitch, wasn't we? I think it was two all at the time. He was getting some serious pelts from the fans. In the ground. Really? Yeah, which I, I didn't really agree with. I think he's become a bit of a, a target now Scapegoat, for some fans. Yeah. I think people have made their mind up on him, haven't yeah. they? And I it's think, a shame. I, I, exactly. I, I, I personally thought he played quite well in that game. I also thought Arsenal played a system that really didn't suit him because, you know, the midfield was so packed yeah. that, you know, even a player as good as him, he couldn't find anywhere to, to operate and he couldn't find any space you know, in the end, you have him in the team, don't you, for that pass he made for Maitland-Niles. Yeah, I will. So it's a, it was a good game from him, and I think he deserves to play a bit more in the future. Yeah, I hope so. James, just w- one of my gripes when this happens with Arsenal, and the guys might shout at me for this, is that it tends to only take one result for things mm. to, to go bad for Arsenal because of that stain left after Arsene Wenger. And, and the the troubles of those past few seasons with him in charge. Do you feel that as a journalist that it's the same? As soon as there's a, a result, a game where Arsenal don't perform, where they throw away a two-goal lead against Watford, that those claws that we were so used to seeing with Arsene Wenger come back out? Yeah, I do. Um, I think that I think that there's a, a very, very high expectation. I totally understand why that is, because this is Arsenal. It's, you know, let's be honest, it's not Tottenham. It's not even Man City. This is the third most successful team in English footballing history. They are a great club, and they don't expect to be scrapping for, for Champions League. I think, at the moment, Arsenal fans think we should, we should be really cruising to third or fourth. And, uh, you know, this team should be beating Watford, and it's it's easy to get frustrated, but I do just think you kind of need to, at times you need to take a, a bit of a step back and say, you know, what is the overall direction of travel under Unai Emery? This team is mostly getting better. You know, we, we, we see all these kind of stats come out about, you know, and they're really bad. Some of those stats are really bad to look at, like, you know, 90-odd shots on goal, the most in, in Europe's top five leagues. But they've also only played five games, you know. Those of those ninety shots, nearly a third, or a third of them came against Watford. That was a really bad game, but it doesn't mean that Unai Emery's a bad manager. I think he's a, he's a good manager. He's maybe not the best manager that Arsenal could have, but you don't just you know sack a manager anytime you draw away at, at Vicarage Road. It's not you know it's not necessarily the worst result in the world. Yeah, no, absolutely. And James, before you go, I've just got to tell you you are of course a credit to your craft. You already know this, but. You studied. I read the article. So 16 of the goal kicks that Bernd Leno took in that game yesterday, you pretty much studied every single one of them. Yeah, it was um, it was a bit infuriating because you could see the same mistake every single time. Um, 
and you know you end up getting kind of quite i i wrote in the piece you kind of get that graham taylor view of like oh, can we not knock it can we not just hit it long um <laughs> but it's, i mean look that that to me felt like a problem that i that i would be quite worried about because you could see even from that first goal kick you know watford have sat up set up with three or even four players ready to press whoever gets the ball when it's passed out short and Look, Arsenal aren't the only team that kind of seem to think that because they can pass the ball within the box, they they have to pass it within the box. Um, and I kind of think there's definitely got to be other options. I mean, I was thinking, why would you not just, you know, knock it forward to Kolasinac on the on the left flank and, and let him flick the ball on? I hope Emery learns from that because, you, you know, you don't, you don't want to see Socrates make more errors like that. No, you absolutely don't. He, of course, did apologise as well publicly on Twitter. James, thanks for joining us. Cheers. That was James Benj, senior football writer at football.london. Charlie? Talking on the apologising thing. Yes. Socrates come out and everyone's all fair play for coming out. That's three weeks in a row we've had Hmm. a player come out and publicly apologise. Yeah, why don't we just stop flipping Exactly, exactly that. It's all well and good. I spoke to Luther Blissett about this on 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 the uh, the Posh Boys earlier on. I don't and hear an apology. No, you Just don't. Shut up. It's funny because some fans go, "Oh, they should be apologising." I don't think that they they should do. Listen, I know that players make mistakes, and yep. sometimes I think if they've had an absolute stinker and nothing has gone right, I think sometimes you know what? A quick tweet just to say, "I had one." Just even tweet that. I had one. Yeah. Sorry. Don't put the but picture up for no, like. No, I tweet. know. But no picture. Sorry, guys. Made that day. My fault. Hold my hands up. Again. But well, it's highly unlikely that that's them. That's it's three weeks in a row. Their representative saying, "Do you know what? You should probably put something out." Three weeks in a row that's happened. Because if you put an apology out as well of you with a bit of a, a glum, solemn face, did you see Socrates' face? You said, "Oh, he cried, didn't he?" Yeah. Did you see? It? Good. I hope he did cry. That's two weeks in a row. Let's not forget he was culpable for first the, the first Tottenham goal as well. So <sighs> I don't know whether or not this is going to become a regular thing for him, but. It, it, this is. It feels like the the veil has been lifted. The new nope. signing veil has been lifted on him because you know he I'm has worried not been about good. this as well. The the, the clamour to have Rob Holding back, like he's going to be Tony Adams or Sol Campbell. Yeah, he's not. Rob Holding is a young lad. He's just had a crucial knee injury. He shouldn't be having all this pressure coming onto him. Because me personally, I get shot down at Flames again here. He had a touch last year. Quite slow. I, 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 I hope he does well. He's a young English lad. I hope he does well. But I'm, I'm, I don't want to say it. I'm not that on him, really, <laughs> to be fair. Well, Rob Holding might be asked to play out from the back, and we are going to be talking a bit more about that on the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. This is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. There is popcorn in the studio, ladies and gents. <laughs> this is exactly what you know. That's those, just you, isn't you it? Know those, just you, like those Twitter see memes. Unfold. Yeah, 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 those Twitter memes with everybody. With Michael stuffed, Jackson with stuffing the, popcorn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just can't wait to see what is going to happen. Now we had James Benj on the show just a moment ago, and he did a great article for Football London today, where he examined every sixteen of Burnt Leno's goal kicks. Of course, playing out from the back seems to be a bone of contention for Arsenal. Many people discussing this. One of those was Richard Lee on Love Sport Breakfast today, who 
was at the game yesterday. He was doing co-commentary at Vicarage Road. Of course, he's an ex-Watford goalkeeper. And he has an issue with the fact that Arsenal are playing out from the back because he thinks that perhaps they haven't got the players who can deal with it. I don't think they successfully played out all afternoon. It was... Look, for me, it's bizarre because I understand that goalkeeping is evolving. This new rules come in and it just feels to me like it's the kid with the new toy. You know, all of a sudden they're allowed to receive the ball in the area. So they all want to do it. But they don't really know why they're doing it. Now, one of the negatives for me is that if you were to look at Bernd Leno's stats from yesterday um, or from the weekend, sorry. Uh, if you were to look at his stats, then they'll be very good. Because in terms of completed passes, the majority were complete. Because they were two-yard passes to his right-hand side. Arsenal try and play out. They lose the ball. And they give Watford an opportunity. And by the way, Arsenal had that game won. They're 2-0 up. It's done and dusted. Watford had no belief. You could see that Arsenal could have just cruised to victory. Yet that mistake then eventually lets Watford back in. And in the end, to be honest, Leno made several very good saves. And was arguably Arsenal's best player in yep. the end. And I just think that Arsenal yesterday was so predictable as to what they were going to do until the last 20 minutes when they just panicked and went long and had no idea what they were doing. But they didn't know what they were doing when they were playing out. So, of course, Watford, what did they do? They set up for the full press every single time. And Arsenal, for me, it looked like they were robots. They weren't thinking for themselves. They were obviously doing what they were instructed to do, but they didn't have the ability, the confidence or a game plan as to how to get out. Robots, he said, Richard Lee. Arsenal looked like robots. And... Just before we actually get into this, we've got the Man City show coming up later. Well, I was, and gonna, I was gonna say, happens to the best teams here. Man City done exactly the same on Saturday. They did, but he's right when he says it's like clubs have got a new toy. It really is, and I blame Pep Guardiola for this. I know this happened many, many years ago, and it started kind of in the 1970s in the 74 World Cup with Johan Cruyff and Franz Hoek, who was at Holland at the time, and they wanted wanted to introduce playing out from the back. They saw it as really vital. Then it took, you know, it's taken 30, 40, 50 years for us to get to the point where it's actually happening commonplace in the Premier League but Pep Guardiola seems to think he has this divine right to dictate how football is played and I think others are now taking notice of that and going we must play out from the back if you haven't got the personnel to play out from the back if you're going to have your two defenders like Socrates and like David Luiz who were there on the six yard box you are going to invite pressure because if those players cannot deal with it it's going to be very very difficult Chris. Do you know um, I've just been scribbling down so on my sort of sheet of paper here I think he's got a really good point, actually, um, Rich, because if you play, if you've got two, let's just say you've got two defenders who are either side of the six-yard box, what it does with the Watford players, we saw with Delafeo there, is it doesn't give him the, it doesn't have a decision to make. If you put them, even just push them outside of the 18-yard box, literally almost on the touchline, Delafeo has got to come, he's got to come actually further wide. To so, split, so even, to split the defenders. Yeah, to split the defenders. So actually. You're, he's probably right because what it does is what happened yesterday is by playing so close to Leno Delafeo can just drift in more centrally so as soon as that first kick is taken he's just got to run in a straight line effectively exactly towards what he the did. goal which is exactly what he did whereas if Socrates was on the edge of the 18 yard box for example to the right hand side well he's got to run in a different direction so the worst case scenario is I don't know, Socrates goes back to Leno and then just go, goes long. So I think that's a really, really good point with the, you know, the, the new toy effect. Mm, indeed. Charlie? Fellas, are we, are we going to move on? We're going to do one more little bit, okay, on this Watford game. All right, because Martin Keown, of course, an Arsenal legend, Spot you would say. Yesterday. Right. I mean, I was screaming at the TV screen. He said there seemed to be a fear that gripped the players, Granite Xhaka, we know James Ben alluded to that. No one wanted the ball. In the end, we were happy to take a point. We were too scared. The fact that he said we were too scared. But Keown said it is like watching schoolboys. 
he was absolutely spot on what Monkeo said. And what he was saying about someone joked about him, he's mentioned before about no one's ever asked him to come back. Talk about, where's Steve Bowles? He's a manager for years and we still can't defend. I know, like, you get striker coaches now, they go and they take the football strikers over to the goal and pressure. Don't anyone work on proper defending? Liverpool will have a flipping throwing master, don't they? They have a throwing coach for <laughs> they crying have a, out loud. a temporary throwing coach, yeah, who did help with so, Joe Gomez, yeah. So, so why, why on earth can we not get some half decent defensive coaches? I think the problem is as well is that maybe Unai Emery and his team have too much power as well. Maybe there needs to be somebody that says, look, I take control of the defensive side. And it's somebody with that experience. Well, that was the problem with Wenger, wasn't it? it? He, he just—it was Wenger's rule, and it's like, no, nope, we do it my way. Just do man to man. Come in, I know, like chasing your Charlton that time with Joe Gomez. He just worked for a whole year. Was walking out the air, told Joe Gomez, "Don't care how much time you've got, header it, get rid of it, just get rid of it." Born here, get rid of the centre half, get rid of it. And he worked a whole year to make sure he's practicing his header. And now, because he, he wasn't a centre half at the time, mm. now he's a centre half, he can head a boy. Just about getting these coaching these players still and I don't care how much money they're on they can improve you can coach, if you're a good enough coach you can improve these footballers because yeah. I mean? they get bad habits you've got to be on them and you absolutely can and I think the point you made about Rob Holding before uh, in, in the previous section is bang <clears> on <throat> you're saying there's going to be a lot of pressure potentially so on him to be this superstar out of nowhere for Arsenal there's chat about Callum Chambers of course coming in and, and well, being I, I don't I wouldn't be dead against Chambers coming in I thought he'd play really well against Newcastle and he's coming to a bit of a It'd, it'd be a bit people would get behind him a bit going oh we need a bit of a change go on Callum and I think Thursday night will be a perfect opportunity for that I think you might see him and Holden maybe get right out together mm. maybe and another man of course next season who William may Saliba. take the mantle is a Mr William Saliba now Chris I didn't realise we had a celebrity in the room man. Yeah. <laughs> didn't realise well, we had one snapped. he's been papped <laughs> tell you him Charlie come papped. on well I was uh, I was walking up to the ground yesterday I see a car pull up a nice Jeep, like Mercedes sort of mm-hmm. see someone jump out and I thought you know we double take someone I recognise that geezer I said to I said, I said to Mike Freddie I went um, that's William Saliba over there he goes what what's Saliba where were you at this point right about 200 yards from the ground and so, no one else was around there was loads of people around it was all oh. Watford fans he was wearing a yellow jumper oh, no, he was wearing a baseball cap a yellow, you wouldn't really recognise a lot of people wouldn't have recognised him yellow jumper strange choice on yeah that I know yeah. yeah blending in <laughs> so, chameleon I went up to him I was like oh hello William he went hello and he had, his, he had a friend with him who held his hand out to check my hand as well I was like hello mate I thought, <laughs> I thought who are you <laughs> so I was talking to him I, went, I, was just, I was like hey getting on how's the, how's the injury getting on he said he's over here for a few weeks bit of rehab um, my mate Freddie said to him, are you going to take the number six shirt? Because my mate Freddie, he hates the fact that El Nene had four, he hates Torreira's got 11, he's really dead against it all. So he went, are you going to take number six shirt? Big centre. By the way, he's massive. Yeah. Really big. Lean, very... And he said, oh, no, no, I've not allowed it. So I don't know what's happened there. He's not allowed it? No, so maybe they might have it for someone else. Who knows? So number six was Koscielny, right? Koscielny, yeah. So he said, he said, no, I can't have it. Maybe they've banned it. They got Their, their feelings were so badly hurt by Koscielny's... <laughs> yeah. uh, do you think that's maybe a tactic because sometimes you see this with players that they have to earn the shirt? I don't know. Maybe they've got it someone else. Who knows? We might have someone in January coming. Ooh. Who knows? Um, but he was, was walking on the road with him. Then, he, then after I had the photo with him, a few other people sort of clocked it and then had photos. But then I sort of just left him. Then I found myself next to him in the queue going into the ground. I started talking to him again and really nice guy. Seemed perfect English. What did you talk about? What you had for dinner? 
I was talking about how's he finding London? Is he like over here? And sort of, what's he thinking of the team at the moment? What's the, is he fitting in? Yeah. Sort of, Has yeah. he been to Bybury Corner yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> so he was walking into the, the away end, end, the away end. Were. And I've seen pictures of him actually in the away end. Uh, and I, I'll tell you what's quite funny. I, I thought, oh, once he gets in here, he's going to get everyone on him for a photo. So he's walked into the turnstile, walked straight through to the thing. And now you just see all geezers with their drinks just like... Just looking around, is that him or not? <laughs> like, <laughs> really? They're all like looking, people looking at him. But no, he was. Uh, I've seen loads of pictures in the ground and stuff. So, it was, I do feel sorry for people like that when they're in the sort of that many people. Because once I had a photo with him, there was like a queue of three or four. And just, it's tough, isn't it? Because it is at, tough, at what, what can point, you do? At what point do you turn around and no. go, lads? I can't because you've taken so many. Yeah. You either do a blanket, no, look, I'm just here to watch the game, or you go. All and right, if you say no, people go, yeah. yeah. Rude, do you have a photo of me? Yeah. All that money, show some, you know what I mean? So, it's a tough one. But, next season, I'm not going to lie and tell you that I know what he's like and he's going to be the centre-half Arsenal needs. But, a lot of teams wanted him, they fancied him. St Etienne, I know they went into the Europa League in the end, but they made Champions League qualification. He's their captain, is he? I believe so, yeah. So, he took their team to that, so... Give him a chance. And, and the key thing in all of this is that the picture you took with him and you posted on social media yes. was picked up and it went everywhere. It went and you everywhere, now yeah. are part of this this Twitter sphere with so many likes and shares uh-huh. and comments and views and I'm getting a, I'm even getting abused on the picture from some people. <laughs> what are you are you really? Yes. You're getting trolled. Just trolled from people. No. And I'll give a bit of stick back, obviously. So Oh no, what what kind well can we yeah, repeat no, it? Just, no. No. We will slip past we're it, shall we? Really for it. <laughs> <laughs> well there we go. A bona fide celebrity in the studio. Of course you mentioned Thursday night Europa League action begins for Arsenal. Eintracht Frankfurt, of course, who played Chelsea last season. We are gonna be speaking to Florian Plettenberg of Sport One next. Cool. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. It's that time for the opposition view on the Arsenal fan show. On Love Sport, I'm delighted to say <clears throat> that ahead of the clash, the Europa League clash with Eintracht Frankfurt this Thursday, we have Florian Plettenberg, senior reporter at Sport One on the line. How are you doing, Florian? And thank you very much for joining us. Thanks. No, no problem. Nice to hear you. Yeah, great to have you on. Now, Arsenal play Eintracht Frankfurt this Thursday in Germany. It's been a relatively decent start for Eintracht Frankfurt. Two draws, no, sorry, two defeats and two wins in the Bundesliga, but they've romped into the Europa League. What can we expect from them this Thursday? Yeah, it's a a big match. Uh, Frankfurt, the supporters and the team is really looking forward to it. Um, You have, uh, you said it, uh, in the league, they have six points now, but they are well on track um, because they lost this weekend uh, against Augsburg. That was not so good. But uh, the match before they lost against Leipzig, that, that was okay. Um, and they they are in the next round in in the German in the German Cup. And um, yeah, I think Arsenal is the favorite. Um, Frankfurt is the underdog. But you have seen last year in the in the Europa League. Uh, how Frankfurt has has been at home. Um, they were very, very good, a uh, very, very great atmosphere, and um, there was no no loss against any other team. They they have played a draw against Milan and against Chelsea. So uh, Frankfurt, um, yeah, you have to you have to calculate with them. 
Hey, Florian, it's Chris here. Um, what are the expectations of Frankfurt this year after reaching the semi-final? Are they? Is there an expectation that they'll go deep into the competition again? And um, what are the expectations in terms of final league position from a Bundesliga perspective? Well, I think they they don't have these targets in in that uh, competition. Um, to be in that competition, it's it's like a festival, you know. Um, it's it's one of the biggest things you can achieve uh, as a Frankfurt supporter, as a Frankfurt player, and they have nothing to lose. And this is their their big advantage in that competition. And um, their focus is on the Bundesliga. Um, they have a, a squad with a lot of new players. Um, they have lost a lot of quality, as you know, You've... and uh, that makes the situation for Frankfurt not very easy. Um, so, like I said, they have nothing to lose, and uh, I think. Their target is to survive the group or the, the first steps. Um, but to say we, we want to achieve the semi-finals or the final, um, I think that, uh, that's a, a too big goal. Hi, Fred. Hi, Charlie here. Um, I'm actually Hi. coming out on Thursday to the, gra- to the game. Looking forward to it. Um, the stadium on Thursday night, obviously Arsenal quite a big draw around the world. And obviously Germany as well with Mertes Sacco's, Il Podolski in the past. Are we expecting a full house Thursday night? Because I know it's a, it's a really good stadium, so it should be a good atmosphere, do you think? Absolutely. Uh, it's one of the biggest and one of the greatest uh, stadiums we have in, in, in Germany. And um, you can imagine or you can expect a, a big choreography. Um, I, was, uh, I was speaking with another colleague this afternoon and uh, he, he could explain me how the, the, the atmosphere in the, in the city is, is still great and they are very optimistic, they are very positive um, and you have, you have seen it last year, all the matches uh, in their stadium, that was not a normal match, that has been parties and this is uh, something the opponents or the other teams have seen and uh, maybe that could be a small advantage tomorrow, uh, on Thursday, sorry. Florian, I just want to touch on the players in question for Frankfurt. Jonathan de Guzman, of course, is used to the Premier League. He had a spell with Swansea. Gelson Fernandez had a spell with Leicester, not in the Premier League, but in England. So they know what to expect from the English game. It's at the opposite ends of the pitch that I'm quite interested. Kevin Trapp, obviously captured from PSG, when some thought that maybe, maybe he might be the number one at PSG this season. He's obviously come back to Frankfurt, having had a decent loan spell. And the other man I'm interested in is Bastos. We know that he scored goals at Hedemdain, at Wolfsburg in the Bundesliga. You're already laughing, of course, and at Sporting in Portugal. He's off the mark already for Frankfurt. How good is he? Well, first of all, you have to say that the key player, actually, uh, that is uh, Kostic. Uh, Kostic uh, was ill on the, on the last weekend. Uh, he wasn't training today. Um, that's my information, um, and he has performed very well. This is, this is the most uh, important player on the pitch. Bastos um, is there. He is very good with the header, um, but they expect him on the bench on Thursday um, because they play in the offense uh, with Pacenta from Portugal. Uh, very young, very good with the header as well. And he has scored uh, three goals in the last uh, four matches. And um, next to him, they expect uh, Silva, the new player from uh, from AT Milan. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they expect this this couple in the offense. Bastos is not in shape actually. He's not at the one hundred percent. That but they will give him time. 
Lovely. Okay, Florian, before you go, a quick score prediction. How do you think it's going to go? <laughs> well, I think um, it's 2-2. Uh, <laughs> I think that, that, would be, that would be a good result. And um, I think this is, this is possible, I think. Lovely. Florian, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. That was Florian. That was Florian Plettenberg, senior reporter at Sport One. He's gone for a Desmond, Ellen, two, two, which is probably the worst result after this Saturday. Mm-hmm. That he could have given you. We got a win on Thursday. Do you know what? I don't think we. Uh, that's the most difficult. Frankfurt away should <coughs> be the most difficult. It is on the paper. most difficult. It is so but you look at it. Win your three home games and pick have you up got a few win? points away. Saturday. I don't think we have to. Not win. after Sunday. We got to win. We got. We got to get back to winning like, straight away. And I would start Pepe. I want him to score on Thursday night. I want him to be a positive result. I want to play a proper team. I want to. I want to kind of have a good result on Thursday. A Do you think result. he will? Do you think Emery will go full strength? Yeah, I think he will. He, this is his competition. I Let's wonder get if right. he'll rotate a little bit. No, with I don't Villa think in mind on Sunday. I don't think he will. And I'm hearing good things about Martinelli in training, by the way. Really good things. Well, we've we've seen good things from Martinelli no, in pre-season. We, we no, we've I seen think, that uh, he's a player who, really cliche sort of basic analysis, but pops up in the right place at the right time. We sort of saw that in pre-season. He's a player who could be a bit of a trump card. I think you could see him maybe featured Thursday because they're raving about him at the minute. Are they? Yeah. So well, I, I don't, think know, I don't know if you have to win on Thursday, Charlie. I think I think next week you have to win no, against I'm th- Villa. I'm Villa. thinking. I'm, yes. think, I'm thinking. Yeah, not, we don't have to win as a football club. But the way the fans are at the minute, and it's all gone, oh, yeah, it's on fire. Emery can't afford to not win again on Thursday because it just piles more pressure on him. Yeah, I mean, potentially, in my mind, so just me thinking about it, I, I wouldn't be dissatisfied with a, with a with a draw. I think Villa, that is 100%, you have to win it. Yeah. But then the big one is going to come the following weekend because on that Monday we play Man United, so it's going to... It's going to be a real challenge. And, you know, we've got a horrendous ref- record oh, no. against Man United. So that could be that could be people starting to pitchfork. Not if, so much uh, in recent seasons, though, that record. No, no, our record is horrendous. We haven't beaten Man United since, like, in 12 or 13 years. When it had years. by goal in the last minute. Yeah, it was 2006. Yeah. It was the last win we got at Old Trafford. Oh, in the Old league. Trafford, right. Okay. In the league. Right. Yeah, sorry. At Old Trafford, we have a horrendous record. Even the Cup, so. Monday night, Welbeck. Yeah. Monday night, this time. You okay, you missed the positive already. Just we're jumping, no we're jumping a little bit. Already. I think we should focus more on uh, Frankfurt and Villa uh, no, at the weekend. I, I think I think we um, want to win every game. I, I, I think Frankfurt. Emery did do it last year. He won the first. We got a good four results, yeah. and then he didn't play the kids for life. We've already threw his winners. So, yeah. and that's a, a sensible tactic, I think. Which Wenger didn't do that. A couple of years ago, we had to go and win somewhere in the first year in Europa League we had to go and win right at the end of the group because we messed up in the group stages yeah. we lost to Cologne at home or something yeah. or Cologne and and then obviously we're coming up to Christmas when everyone's all sort of tired and we had a Europa League game that was pivotal we had to win mm. <laughs> and so go out get your three wins out of three play strong sides and then take them off and then I take Villa I mean I think I think Torreira needs to start I think there should be a little bit of rotation because I think we've got to keep our eye on Villa yeah. for the weekend because we can't take our eye off that well speaking of Villa not lost to them in five, Villa, of course, the last game was in 2016, towards the end of the season. That 4-0 drubbing for Arsenal. Are you hopeful for Villa? I mean, tonight is a big game. We will keep giving you updates on the game that kicks off in about five minutes. Villa are, of course, hosting West Ham. If they don't get a result today, they're going to be in position. And this is what is so incredible about the Premier League this season, is that it seems like, look, we're, we're going to be six games in at the end of next week, that every game is already massive. And I, I said to someone today, I think... There is no easy game in the Premier League no more. No. And I know like that game, if we go, oh, Watford 2 all, 
other teams are going to go and step up to Watford. Watford are going to go and beat someone at home. It's, it's so open now. Look at Norwich on Saturday. The only team that looks consistently not getting beat is Liverpool. Yeah. Generally, they do, don't they? Liverpool do not look like they're getting beat by anyone at the minute. You actually think now, as soon as a team like City <clears> drop <throat> points, I even looked at that like, on Saturday and thought, that's Liverpool on the lead. They yeah, drop points. It does Unless, feel like that, doesn't it? You kind of feel like those City Liverpool games now are so okay. important. So Liverpool important. Liverpool got Chelsea this week. Uh, they got Chelsea very soon. That's quite a big mm. game. Because Chelsea look alright again there, don't they? Mm. That's what worries you now. Cause but this is how it can turn so quickly. And this can <laughs> no. happen for Arsenal. We, you know, we, we said this about Chelsea. And it was all doom and gloom after losing 4 0 to United on the opening day of the season. Look at Tammy Abraham now. Top scoring the Premier League, crying yeah. out loud. No. But by the time we go Manchester United, as you just said there, Chris. That's going to be a massive game. It's going to be huge. You know what I don't like when we play last? Like yesterday, all the teams played before us and yeah. we had to sort of had to win. Right, fellas, quick score predictions for Thursday and Saturday from you both. Chris? I think it'll be 1-1 on uh, Thursday and then I think we'll beat Villa 3-1. Charlie? I think 3-1 on Thursday and I think we'll win 2-0 on Sunday. Lovely stuff. Well, we're all ranted out on the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. We're going to see you next week on Monday at 7pm. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport.